This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to A Game of Two Halves. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and today I'm joined by ST Sports journalist Lester Wong and ST Sports correspondent David Lee. Hello, guys. Hello. Now, we've got quite a bit to get through today. So let's start off with Arsenal. They won their match against Everton at the weekend, 2-0. Uh, the question is, I mean, compared to Chelsea, who would be as we discussed in the last episode, have become quite a different team, a more exciting, more vibrant team under Sarri. Under Unai Emery, uh, is this actually Arsenal turning the corner? Are they a different team? Leicester, what do you think? I think we've already seen them um, playing quite differently from when, how they were under Wenger. Um, we, we see them playing, trying, um, playing a bit more direct these days. They no longer just try to pass the ball into the penalty area all the time. So there are some things changing. They played with two strikers as well, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Under Wenger, it was always only one of them. So some things are, are changing. and But it's a bit too early to say. I mean, they, 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 had, they had two big games against City and Chelsea, which they lost, obviously. And then and the moment, maybe, maybe they got some momentum now, but it's a bit too early to say. David, is this too much of a silver lining? No, uh, I mean, I th- they've got, they're facing Watford... Um, uh, this Saturday, Watford could, you know, put a dampener on the little ray of sunshine. Right. Uh, I I think they, like Lester mentioned, they did not have the easiest of starts. Uh, they faced Manchester City and Chelsea, and they lost both their first games. Uh, Arsenal fans were probably f- fearing the worst when they went a goal down against West Ham, and Aubameyang was missing sitters up front, and they looked sh- shaky behind. Uh, but I believe uh, they have turned a corner uh, by beating, coming from behind to beat West Ham 3-1. A lot of credit has to go to Lucas Torreira. I feel that you know, he's been outstanding in central midfield after, after he's come in, uh, after he's taken a few, few weeks break uh, from his World Cup exertions. And Arsenal are now on a five-match winning streak. You know, Torreira can defend, he can pick a pass, he can free up uh, Granit Xhaka and Aaron Ramsey to attack more. The team looked more balanced than before, but um, you know, defensively, I, I think they're still a bit shaky. But if they can score more goals than they concede, they'll be fine. Like you mentioned, um, they've got Watford coming up next, and, and a few winnable games. You know, Fulham, Crystal Palace, uh, Leicester. So if they can build up some momentum ahead of their next big test against your team, Liverpool in November, uh, they may be in the running for Champions League spot. Well, I kind of. <laughs> Sorry, don't get excited no. just by the mere no, mention no, no. of Liverpool. No, it's just when you say World Cup exertions, it sounds like such a euphemism uh, yeah. for something completely yeah. different. Um, uh, I, th- I suppose one of the other talking points when it comes to Arsenal is Ozil. How, is he still happy at the club? Is he not happy? There was all this turmoil in the last season as well. Does he seem a happier player now? I think I don't think you can tell from his. Facial expressions, you know. Don't uh, be mean. Uh, I wasn't going to say a, a lot of anything. ladies like him. Yeah, the same way He's they a like nice lad. the same way they like Golem from Lord of the Rings, right? With that said, he was pressing during the game against yeah. Everton, so maybe he's a bit happier. Yeah, maybe yeah. Emery has found a way to get the best out of him. He he looks he looks like he's more involved uh, and and works harder than than he does for the national team, maybe. So, I mean, do you th- it's generally, do you feel it's sunnier for Arsenal at the moment? Do you think it's, this is uh, building in the right way? I, I'm, I'm not sure. There's, there's still Mustafi. Uh, we saw how he, he practically got his, 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 his um, teammate in defence injured because um, 
Socrates had to rescue him after, after in the first half after he gave the ball away cheaply. He went out for broke, went for an interception, but and basically didn't get the ball. So and then Socrates had to haul down the Everton striker and the edge of the box and got booked. And then he injured himself in the process. And then he was substituted after the for for Rob Holding. And they still have to solve the problem of the goalkeepers. Petacek is not the Petacek of Chelsea. Um, he looks shaky, shakier than ever. And they've brought in a new goalkeeper without even playing him. Bernd Leno must be furious on the bench, you know. Well, what does he have to do to, to get a game? So uh, Emery's got his work cut out for him. OK. Well, we'll go from one team to a team that seems to be having much more woe at oh, the moment. Start. It is our regular, almost our regular thing of Man United watch. Mourinho watch. Mourinho watch, yeah. Um, Sec watch. He has signed a new contract, as David reminded me just before the programme. But even then, is he going to stick around? Is, 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 is he still going to be there after Christmas? I don't think it's United's way to get rid of a manager mid-season. But then, uh, things on the pitch have not been the United way, ironically. you know, we, We've seen um, the team struggling to, to find any form of pace, form, shape or identity. Uh, you know, we, we were just talking with Leicester earlier and, you know, it's not that we don't have fast players. You know, Anthony Marshall, Marcus Rashford, but they're made to look slow. Is, is that um, Mourinho's fault? Is it the way he sets up his team? Um, what ca- cannot be denied is, you know, he spent a lot of money to, to buy the players to form this team, but... You know, the way he likes uh, runners and fighters, I'm not so sure it's uh, the Premier League now is, is all about that. When you see Liverpool and um, Manchester City playing a different kind of football than what Mourinho was used to when he was winning titles in the Premier League. What do you think the difference in the football is? Is it more cerebral? Is it more... Yeah, definitely. I mean, Pep Guardiola definitely brings uh, a cerebral, um, some... You know, brain power. Yeah, if if you will, uh, onto the pitch. He, he looks like Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that coming. Well, that's the insight you come here for, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything to add? Sorry, just threw me off with <laughs> Professor X. <laughs> for for Mourinho, I, he he really kind of went through that cycle where yeah, we just that one again. So yeah. so he does it for Mourinho. Um, we, he kind of went through that cycle already where he has, has media meltdowns so and starts um, blaming everybody but himself and that usually is a sign that he, he gets fired. He's going to get fired but um, he seems to have um, survived that for now so I think I agree with David. Um, United might just be keeping him to but the end of the season. it's a very different Marino now because after the uh, weekend's game he's not having a media meltdown. He's actually saying the other team deserve a point. Now that to me coming from a manager who is like Marino sounds like a cry for help him admitting that yeah Man United didn't deserve the points that's surprising I don't he seems more despondent I mean absolutely absolutely yeah. Yeah, so it's, I, it's I don't not know if Marino of old anymore yeah. but you know it could be mind games he could be playing possum uh, who knows but he that's, could be that's dead. what I always yeah. think about him though it's like oh he's just like lulling the opposition into a yes, false sense but there's definitely more before. of a sense of dead man walking at the moment Okay, yeah. far from being a dead man walking and some of refinding vitality, yeah. uh, Tiger Woods. Yes, we're doing golf now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods has won his 80th 
uh, Lester, you fill me in on this. His 80th PGA Tour title. So that's just two behind the all-time record of Sam Snead. He's, Sam Snead's got 82. So. The big thing about this is that it's five years since his he last one. He last one. Yeah. And, and it, it didn't look likely over the last four years maybe that he'll win anything ever again. Yeah. So the scenes at the East Lake Golf Course in Atlanta, Georgia, were extraordinary. I mean, it's, it's essentially, you can't call it... A, it sounds invasion. mild if you say green invasion, yeah. but is it, it was more of a pitch invasion of something that you'd see in a more rough sport yep. that everyone just piled on and followed him uh, to watch him knock in that last little uh, putt. Some would say golf is not a particularly athletic sport, that if you needed to, you could refine your groove, for want of a better word, much later in life. Is it that surprising that he's actually managed to come back? Definitely. It's a huge thing for, for Tiger to be back after his, um, his spinal fusion surgery, after his DUI arrest. So, but I think um, the, the huge um, green invasion thing, is a, it's, it's a few things actually. I mean, on one hand, it, it shows that, I mean, just how much golfing fans have missed Tiger. But on the other hand, it just shows that they haven't found a new, a new Tiger Woods yet. A new mega personality who's so charismatic is able to galvanize crowds watching him and crowds watching at home on TV. It's a sign that, I mean, there's still quite a lot of work to be done for the sport of golf, I think. And we, I mean, we've seen um, guys like Jordan Speed or Rory McIlroy touted as the next Tiger Woods. And I mean, these are guys who grew up watching Tiger, but they just have, haven't managed to, to just gain as much of a, of a following as Tiger has. I mean, he seems to have some missing ingredient that no one else has been able to... He's by far the biggest name in yeah. the sport. By far, yeah. I mean, even bigger than the legends of Jack Nicklaus and well, the, uh, Gary Player. Gary Player was the one I was reaching for. I was, it's a feel-good comeback story. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a fairy tale. Is this going to continue? Do you think? I mean, is yeah, I, th- I think it's um, a miracle of sorts. You know, to come back from a spine surgery and to be hitting like. He has been hitting. Sure, he's he's lost a bit of distance, um, and there are many more big hitters out there these days. Um, but he's worked hard, work hard at his game to get back to, even get back onto the course. is is a minor miracle to win. I didn't see it coming. I thought that that was the end of him. Uh, to expect him to win a major again. Now, who 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 can write him off after this win? Uh, but. That said, you still have to be consistent over four days for a major. You get four shots a year. He's 42 now. There are many other worthy contenders. It seems like every major, there's a new winner these days. I, I wouldn't write him off now. I did. I was wrong. Well, I'm at this stage of life where uh, when you say, oh, he's 42, and it's, you know, I'm sort of thinking, hey, prime of his life. Yeah. He's a young lad. You know, there's plenty for him to do. Not, yeah, not, you, you, not last legs. But know? that is golf, though. Yeah. They, do, they are still calling Tiger a young man. Yep. And we are, no, <laughs> we are not professional athletes, so... They're still calling Tiger a young man. I may have to look into this golf thing more. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> okay, just moving on. And our final subject for today is the Champions League. Not so much the matches themselves, but how you get to watch them. So, David, last week, uh, a number of Champions League and Europa games were shown, but there's still no permanent solution at the moment. So who knows if we're going to see the next batch of Champions League matches. What's your take on this? A lot of people are very angry that the, uh, whether it's 
Singtel or Starhub or a combination of both are not showing these matches. But do you think they're, they're right to be angry? Uh, probably the Singtel sub- subscribers are a little more happier than the Starhub ones. Starhub weren't showing uh, the first round of matches. Um, but I think we all love to complain, right? But how many of us actually wake up 2.45, 3.45 uh, midweek when we have to work the next morning to, to watch these games? I'm not too sure. So I think that's probably how the telcos are looking at it at the same time. Um, they might want to secure this premium content, but how are the viewership ratings doing? Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. the, these things are not cheap. You don't just say you spend a couple of dollars and then get them in. Yeah, they're in the millions. And yeah. they must have looked at the business side of this exactly. that not enough people are subscribing for this. So why so why bring it in if you don't have an audience? Yeah. So Singtel and Starhub do have shareholders to answer to. Uh, they can't be just spending willfully and and not being able to make it back and end up making losses. At the same time, you you do feel for football fans as well if they are already subscribing to these broadcasters and telcos and then find out in the middle of their contract that this content no longer uh, Yeah, I mean, that does got a great... Lester, what do you think? I think... I mean, I agree with David. For sure, no one wakes up to watch maybe a Greek team take... Even if it's... Manchester United, I mean, it's Manchester United against Panathinaikos. Not many, that many people are going to wake up to watch that. So, And then there's the, the added complication of piracy these days. I mean, sometimes you can just go online. Some people just watch streams, which are actually pretty high quality. So, I mean, yeah, you, um, John, I mean, you said the business side of things. I mean, it might not just, it just might not make sense for Singtel. I remember the old days of the new paper when we used to do sports graphics in the mornings to explain, you know, how the goals were scored. Yeah, those were great. Thank you very much. But I mean, that was in the pre-YouTube days. So, you know, once people started getting hold of YouTube and their streams from the TV in the morning, you could all you could watch it as though you're actually there, just as good, and without having to sit through any of the boring parts of the matches if you, if there were any. So yeah, it's it's a different world now. Yeah, uh, that said, we, I think fans still like to have the option. Uh, to know that they can watch it when they want, mm. especially in the knockout rounds or if there's a big game like Liverpool, uh, PSG, for example, great game. Uh, and rights are still selling for billions globally. Mm. Uh, s- small dip for EPL rights costs uh, five plus billion to four plus billion. But I think for s- in the Singapore context, we have reached the ceiling. Uh, gone are the days where we pay over the top uh, for for these rights, a possible solution is a joint bid, you know, like uh, what they mm. did for the World Cup when Singtel, Starhub, and MediaCorp came together. Uh, but that doesn't look on for the Champions League at the moment. Maybe due to commercial reasons, we are not privy to. But that remains a, a possible solution where you can um, combine, share resources, and bring down the cost. I mean, this is for just for Champions League, which is, of course, at an unearthly hour. The start of the EPL season, or the start of this EPL season, I should say, started with the match at 3.45, was yeah. it? Now, United if, against Leicester. That's right. If the EPL moved to a later timing, which they keep on threatening to have much later timings because, you know, it's 
nicer weather for their players to play in or whatever. Can you foresee us not getting our EPL fix? Um, nothing is impossible, but with new players like Facebook, Amazon coming in for, for the rights, um, we may have more options. That said, I don't really foresee the EPL pushing back their uh, playing times. When you look at other leagues like La Liga, they are pushing ahead their playing times just to reach out to the Asian market. So if the, AP, if, if the EPL does that, they'll be taking a step backwards. Lester, David, can you see any particular solution to this? Um, for the Singapore context, maybe a joint bid would be a possible solution. We've seen that happen for the World Cup when Singtel, Starhub and MediaCorp came together to uh, bring the World Cup to fans here. Uh, but a joint bid doesn't look on the table at this moment for the Champions League and the Europa League uh, for reasons, for commercial reasons probably, uh, that we are not privy to. But I think that is a possible solution to share resources and to bring down the cost. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise it threatens more piracy, right? At the, at, the other end, at, the, at the other end of the spectrum, I mean, there, there's just so much content available online these days. It doesn't even have to be illegal streaming. You just can just watch highlights on YouTube and for some fans, that's enough. Yeah, it depends, you know, if, if people are really paying through their noses, it will reach a breaking point sooner or later and yep. uh, consumption habits might change. You know, instead of watching 90 minutes, which people might not have the time or money to do that, then they may just catch the highlights. Like you say, it's, it's more bite-sized, more convenient, cheaper, free even. That's the way the younger audience are already consuming their sports content. You know, they, they hardly watch 90 minutes. Yeah. Well, speaking of the breaking point, we've reached our breaking point. Thank you, David. Thank you, Lester, for joining me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I hope you've enjoyed listening at home. And join us again next time for another Game of Two Halves. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.